is certainly flying by. For some of them, I think it feels like it's flying by 200 kilometers an hour for me. But we are continuing, ending off this year in that series to be continued. Because we're seeing how God is continuing to build His church, just like He did in the book of Acts. He's busy putting a family together here in this school hall. And so who's new here for the first time? Vernon, I met you for the for this, uh, first time this morning. Put your hand up there, my brother. Anybody else visiting for the first time? A couple, eh? There, uh, yeah, you naughty acts there. There's a guy walking out. Give them a hand. Eh? Lovely having you, ma'am, at the back there. Brilliant. Welcome. This is a church, uh, it's not a cult. Sometimes we, we actually don't know what we're doing, but we're just trusting the Holy Spirit to work in and through us. Nice to see your mother-in-law from East London there, or PE, eh, bud? Great to see you, ma'am. Especially having you again this morning. If that noise is a bit loud, we might have to close those doors there, eh, bud? But uh, remember, we, we are a church that preaches about the Trinity, three in one. And so an architect in the church lent this to me. They say it's quite expensive, but I've, I've, I've cleverly designed, I've put it out here in front of us because it's, it's representing three legs. It's, it's the Father, God the Father, our Heavenly Father in Heaven, it's His Son, Jesus Christ, and, and it's the Holy Spirit. And so we need to remember that if one of these are off, if one of these are off and you're about to see it going down the stage, th- th- then, then our lives aren't going to be able to operate in, in, in the order that God planned. And so we've got to remember this, this tripod. Let's remember it, that there's three legs to your life. It's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. They're interwoven. You cannot separate them. You cannot separate them. God the Father, God the Son, uh, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so we're looking again on the Holy Spirit this morning. The Bible speaks about the Holy Spirit that, that fills us, that lives inside of us. Bible says the Holy Spirit is a gift to you, sir, as you lead your family and your wife and your kids and your grandkids. He's a, he's a gift. The, the Bible says that, that He frees us from bondage. He's our helper. That, that's the role that the Holy Spirit plays in our lives. But in order for the, the, the Holy Spirit to do that, there's something that we've got to do. What, what do we need to do? Come here, gearbox. Come here, my brother. Quickly, what? Yeah. <laughs> It's something, it's something that we need to do. If we, if we as, yeah. so, so to illustrate my point, forgive me, I'm not being disrespectful to the Holy Spirit, but let's just say for interest's sake, for, for my point, that, that Dylan represents the Holy Spirit. And, and this is me, Daryl Benoni. And so I've got to, what do I need to do? I need to walk in step with the Holy Spirit. Now, if we had the Holy Spirit like, like this, I would be like, wow, I've got a projector. He's my shadow. Don't go away. I walk in step with him. He helps me. He, he leads me. And, and if I'm going to use the Holy Spirit as a gift in my life, I need to stay in step with the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit prompts me to, I need to speak, and he, and, he, and he leads me. And I keep in step with the Holy Spirit. You with me, friends? Does that illustrate the point? I stay in step with the Holy Spirit. And not just on, on Sunday. What's the day after Sunday? What did you say it was? No, it wasn't Monday. 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 And Tuesday. And Wednesday. And Thursday at 8 o'clock at the engine garage when I see you and your mum buying milkshakes. And Friday and Saturday as the Holy Spirit leads you what do you need to do? You need to keep in step with the Holy Spirit. Amen. And so when we walk in step with the Holy Spirit, friends, 
The way we live, 24 hours a day, 24-7, our lives change. The, the way we speak to people changes when we walk in step with the Holy Spirit. The way I speak to my wife changes when I'm in step with the Holy Spirit. The way I speak to my kids, the way I speak to my friends, my colleagues, the way you speak to your varsity friends at school changes when you stay in step with the Holy Spirit. And by the way, the way you treat your boyfriend needs to change because before he's your boyfriend, he's a son of God. The way you treat your wife, before she's your wife, she's a daughter of God. Treat her that way and there'll be love and security. There'll be no abuse in those relationships. Before she's yours, before he's yours, before your kids are yours, they belong to God. That's their gift. Treat them that way. There'll be no abuse. You're with me, friends. Everything changes when we have the Holy Spirit. And when we live in step with the Holy Spirit, everything changes. Let's just look at two things this morning that, that do change significantly in our lives when we're living in step with the Holy Spirit. Jesus says in John 16, verse 12 to 14, When the Spirit of truth comes, He will lead you into all truth. Say, He will lead me. Very good. He's going to lead me into all truth. He's going to reveal the truth to me. He's going to show me things that I'm actually not aware of, that I may be blinded in. Areas of my life, I've got a blind spot. He's going to reveal those things. He's going to shed, shed light on those things in my life. And then verse 14 says, He will glorify me. So when you live with the Holy Spirit, He'll reveal the truth to you. And as the Holy Spirit leads you, and as you stay in step with Him, Jesus is going to get the glory through your life, not you. Does that make sense, friends? So your life cannot stay the same. I met with a man this week. He's been going back to church for the last two weeks. Not, not to this church. He's been going to a conservative church in our city for the last two weeks. He hasn't been in church for years. And he says to me, Foxy, when I sit in church, I can feel him. He says, I can feel the Holy Spirit. Friends, don't speak negatively and badly about other churches. Because God can do an incredible work in a man's heart who's hungry for the things of God, who goes back to church. He can do anything, any moment in that man's life. Anywhere when someone's hungry for the things of God. He says, I sit in that church. He says, I can feel the Holy Spirit. He's opening up his life to the things of God. And now this man is busy making some decisions that are giving Jesus the glory in his life. Point number one, the Holy Spirit living in me, leads me, shows me the truth. You got that? A life that glorifies Jesus through the decisions that I make, through the life that I live as a son of his, as a husband, as a dad, and as a friend. Number two, Acts 1 verse 8 says this, but you receive power when you are filled with the Holy Spirit and you will be my witnesses. Say witnesses. My goodness, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the outermost parts of the earth, Benoni, Brackpan, and the Far East Rand. Now for me, I was always a bit wary, cautious of this word witnesses when I used to read it in the Bible. Nice to see you, Isabella. This morning, when I think of the word witnesses, I used to think of people going to your CrossFit gym and standing in the parking lot with the Bible under their arms saying, turn or burn! Because I'm witnessing. I've got to do this now. I've got to witness for Jesus. Maybe I'll go to the Benoni Northern's parking lot on a Tuesday when they have their 
club run, and I say, you can run from Jesus, but you cannot hide. I'm witnessing. I'm handing out flyers. That's what I used to think when I, my nephew used to say, the, not Jehovah's Witness, he used to say the Joburg Witnesses. I used to think of that when I used to read this word witness there, Andy. So we might not all be called to be evangelists with the flyers and the Bible. We might not all be called to be evangelists, but we are all called, foreigners, to be witnesses. This is big, and somehow we've got to unpack what does it mean to be a witness. And you're thinking, ah, but that's hard work to be a witness. It only becomes hard work when you do it in your own strength. When you try and do it in your own strength, flip, then it's a mission. Then it's hard work. No, no, all you've got to do is be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's all you've got to do. I don't have to try and be a witness. I become a witness when I keep in step and when I live a life with the Holy Spirit. So we're called to be witnesses, but practically how are we going to do this? And so this is what we're going to look at today. And I can't stand here and say, quick three points on how to be a witness. No, no, no. You can't say what, think what man says. You've got to go to the Bible. The ultimate voice of truth and authority. And so we're in Galatians chapter 5. I'd like you to open it up on your smartphone or with your Bible there. See a couple of smartphones open. It's great. We're in Galatians 5, reading from the NRV today. There was a lady two Sunday mornings ago, woke up, said to the Lord in bed, God, use me for your kingdom. And then two hours later, she sat in church and someone said to her, no, you must pray today. And she said, well, you know what? I said God must use me in church or wherever. And now she gets asked to pray. And she's like, no, be careful what you pray. Because this church isn't a church for the faint-hearted. <laughs> and so I want to ask someone to pray that the Holy Spirit will show us from God's Word what it means to be a witness for Jesus. Robert, my bad, will you give it a go there? But let's close our eyes. Dear Lord, um Sure, that's a big word. Um, but Lord, I just, it just, what comes to me in, in this moment is that I need to be open. I need to open my heart. And I need to take a risk. I need to put my humanness aside, I suppose, and let you in and let you shine through me. Yes, Lord. Every action, every thought, every desire, Every moment, I need to dedicate to you and allow your spirit to flow through me and to use me for your glory, Lord. That's, that's the key, is to do everything in your glory. Put myself aside, put my own desires aside, and let your spirit shine through me, Lord. I pray, I pray for your strength. I pray for my surrender to your will, Lord. And I pray, it's difficult, it's difficult, Lord. It's very hard because we have our own stuff that infiltrates all the time. And uh, Lord, I just pray that word surrender sticks with me and us, and I pray the word glory, your glory, to shine through me every day. In your son Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. 
Brilliant, my bud. We could end the service this morning through that prayer, but you've uh, maybe checked my notes already. But we're in Galatians 5. Let's look at it together. This is Paul busy writing to us. Put it off for a second, Mel. Who's Paul? This oak, many moments in his life, he reacted in the flesh. He had these things that he was dealing with, and they just let rip it. He was an impulsive guy. He just reacted in so many different things. He has an amazing encounter with Jesus. He gets saved on straight street. I promise you, but it's in the Bible, straight street. He gets saved there. And he turns his whole life around, and he's writing to us. And Paul says, so I say, thanks, Mel. So I say, Benonians, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit. That's true for me, eh? As I wake up on Wednesday morning, and God, use me. And I meet my mates at the BP garage, and we go for a ride, and we're going around the airport, big group of us. And we get to a four-way intersection at the same time as a Toyota Corolla on the left here. But like we the cyclists, we go first. And this oak starts to give it a go here on my left. And I check through this oak through the window. It's a traffic officer. What? He's got the strategy. You know, you must wait for us. We the cyclists. Straight away. Holy Spirit's like, but you're a Christian. You call to a higher standard than the traffic officer. Yeah, but he's a traffic officer. He must wait for me. We, we, the morning, you know, it's our time to, the flesh inside of me, but it's just ready to kick in every time there's a, it's alive in me. The, the, I've, got to, I've got to decide what am I going to do with this flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit. Yeah. My Bible says, read your bicycle by the spirit, Daryl, not by the flesh, Daryl. Let's keep reading. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit. And the spirit, what is contrary to the flesh, so there's this wrestling going on inside of us. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. Hits me there. But if you are led by the spirit, you're not under the law. Catch this next line here. The acts. Say acts. You're illustrating the acts. Okay? It's not the act. It's the acts. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, high-grade word for disagreements, factions, it's a higher-grade higher, higher grade word for division, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. It's open-ended. See, the list of acts just carries on and on and on and on because you get to a point in your life where you just get completely sucked in by all these acts. Yeah? And there's no turning back unless you're led by the Holy Spirit that calls you back out of those. You with me? There's no turning back unless you're led by the Holy Spirit and you allow Him to lead you out. Paul says, I warn you, as I did before, those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Big words. This is speaking about a lifestyle. We have to understand that, friends. This is speaking about someone who's continually living in these acts, going down that road. It's a lifestyle. For us who are saved and are filled with the Holy Spirit and are led by Him, sometimes we're going to fall. Sometimes that, that fleshly desire, is gonna, uh, we're going we're gonna to fall into that. Sometimes we are. And we're going to allow the flesh to overtake Let's be honest, I was in a man's office this week, a Christian guy, 
through a number of circumstances in his life, he's got to a point in his life where he's busy going down this road, and it's sucking him in, and his, his life has become messed up. Holy Spirit's been convicting him, not condemning. Big difference. Holy Spirit convicts. Holy Spirit's been convicting him, speaking to him, calling him back. And he's been going down this road, and he's filled with the Holy Spirit. He makes a decision. Monday morning, he makes a decision. Enough is enough. And he sits in his office, and I have the privilege of sitting with him. And he gets off his chair, and he kneels next to his chair, weeping as he comes before God and repents and asks for forgiveness from God. He's made a decision to change and to get back on the straight road. And you're saying, okay, well, that's all lacquer, but it's only a matter of time, Daryl, until he falls again. Don't judge him, because if you think you're strong, lest you think you're strong, you're going to fall. Just worry about your own life. And when you are led by the Holy Spirit and you're walking in step with Him and He convicts you, you too, to get on your knees, just like that man did. It's nice to see you this morning. How's your responding to the Holy Spirit being this week? Yeah, what my wife said, Ash. <laughs> Be real with each other. How's your responding to the Holy Spirit being this week? It was a highlight of my week to sit with that man in his office to be a part of that story where the Holy Spirit's been convicting him and he gets on his knees. I don't want to go down that road. I'm coming back to the straight road. Let's keep reading. But the fruit, say fruit, not fruits, okay? But the fruit, you check the different acts, different acts, but the fruit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, high grade word there, for patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there's no law. In other words, these things are way more important than the law. We were speaking about guys who live with the law, eh? but these things are way more important than the law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires since we live by the Spirit, let us keep on living by the Spirit. Let us keep on living in step with the Spirit. I pray today, just as Robert prayed, that we're going to fully understand this text, friends. A couple of things. Paul's trying to teach us here something in this text. He uses a similar phrase five times. We've got to catch that. In these nine verses, he says something similar five times. Walk by the Spirit. Be led by the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit. Keep in step with the Spirit. Five times in these nine verses, there's our one-liner. Let us keep in step, nice Mel, keep in step with the Holy Spirit. You see, friends, when we live by the flesh, it's going to tire us out. It's going to destroy your life. You're going to go down that path, and ultimately, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. The trouble is, I don't know about you, but I find that this flesh inside of me so easily produces those acts, so easily produces those things. It comes naturally to me. This week again, I've just been convicted about swearing. I've been under pressure at times, and I find myself swearing. And I'm like, I don't know, I've got, to, I've got to deal with this. Holy Spirit, help me. I don't want to go down this road where swearing becomes a habit in my life. Help me, oh God. Because when we live by the Spirit... 
What did he say? The Spirit will reveal the truth to you. Going down this road, watch out for this. There's a warning that the Holy Spirit prompts to us. And when the Holy Spirit produces fruit that is way different to the acts that my flesh so easily produces, when that fruit is produced, what happens? We become a witness for Jesus. That's the key here, friends. You don't have to work to be a witness. The Holy Spirit does that inside of you. And so I want to say, if the Holy Spirit is alive in you, you will produce the fruit that the Holy Spirit produces. So let's read about this fruit again that that we speak about here in verse 22. But the fruit, not fruits, fruit of the Spirit is love. It's joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. So that word fruit, it's not fruits. So Alan, my bud, you can say, well, you know what? At the moment, I've got a lot of love, but I don't have patience. You can't say that because you've either got the fruit or you don't. You can't say, I've got a lot of goodness at the moment, but you know what? I don't have a lot of patience. You can't say that. It's all one. I'm sure, let's be honest, you might not have much patience at the moment. You're ratty. You're tired. You haven't eaten. You're hangry. You've got patience, just not much, but you might have much better uh, forbearance or another kindness. You might have one or two, and, and that's where the Holy Spirit works in our lives, where at the moment, geez, I'm, I'm, I don't have much here, but I've got a lot more. But you've got all of those inside of your soul. Amen. And we've got to allow those to grow inside of us. We've all got it. We've got all of them. We've just got to let them grow. So let's unpack some of this fruit today that gets produced by the Holy Spirit inside of us that makes us witnesses. The first one, love. Look at that word, love. Ever seen a relationship unfold between people where, yeah, there's love, but there's love that's based on conditions. So so they love somebody because, yo, I want to befriend that person because maybe there's something that I can get out of that relationship. Or there's love in my marriage and in my family environment, but it's conditional. I love you if there's lunch at 12 o'clock and there's dinner at 6 o'clock and it's a low GI dinner. I love you if you stay as beautiful as you are. We've seen those in in managers in the world. There's conditions based to to that word love. That's not what this word love is talking about, your friends. It's loving the spots. It's the same way love, God loves you. He loves you despite he loves you, so where there's no conditions attached, you are yours. He's, you are his, and he is yours. He loves you unconditionally. And when you love somebody like that, that's fruit. Because I can't do that in my own strength. I, I've got this flesh where I've got expectations on my wife and my kids and my mates. And my t- I've, I've got to learn how to love somebody the way God loves me. And only the Holy Spirit can do that. Yeah? I want to say to us, husbands, dads, start with this fruit in your families, for goodness sakes. Husbands, dads, take this word, love. Change the destiny of your families. I sat with two young adult girls and their mom and father figure in their life this week, and they tried to explain to this father figure of the good that he's done for them. And they've made notes, and they're talking, they're incredibly mature of how they're working through things and some stuff that they would like to make aware to him of what he's doing that's just, sits there. Doesn't take it in, doesn't allow them to speak into his life. He just doesn't get it. Why? Because there's some things from his past and his upbringing 
that he hasn't dealt with. This word love, start with it in your, in your, in your husband, in your lives, in your marriages, in your families. Let's allow our legacy of our kids to change, dads. Unconditional love. Can't do that. I need the Holy Spirit to help me. Joy. Let's talk about joy. Oh, I've got to be joyful. Last week, there was a man leading worship. He had jeans on. You couldn't see the back of his leg. But he has this massive scar that's busy healing because he snapped his Achilles tendon months ago. Hasn't been able to exercise. Hasn't been able to ride. Frustrated, unhappy, stressed. But he's got joy. He can stand on the stage and lead us in worship. Genuine joy inside of him. Joy is deep in my soul. Happiness is shallow, on the top, on the surface, superficial. How did you go at the 94.7? Ah, oh, the lack of the, the 240, that's amazing, eh? But did you puncture? No, I was so happy I didn't puncture. Going around Kalami, did you get dropped? No, I didn't get dropped around the track there. I was so happy, I did so well. Man, I'm so happy. That's circumstances. So, uh, like this, it's like the 94.7. That's, that's happiness, up and down, circumstances, joy. Like this. Do you know that joy? Have you experienced that joy? Because the Holy Spirit says in you when you gave your life to Jesus. Tap into this joy that the Bible is speaking about. Joy that is constant. Not based on circumstances. And I do understand sometimes, friends, that we don't feel joy. I, I, I get it. I've always said I want to be real and, and vulnerable. Sometimes we need to say like David did, Lord, restore the joy of my salvation because today I don't feel joy. Psalm 51, my soul, Daryl, wake up today, my soul, you will praise the Lord. I get it, friends. Circumstances can so easily take us in. And sometimes we don't feel the joy. But for us to say like David, Lord, restore the joy of my salvation. The joy, we're going to sing joy carols 11 December on the field. Unspeakable joy, it rises in my soul, it cannot go. I'm not going to sing, don't worry, Alex, but that's where we're going with joy. That's the joy we sing about. Peace, let's talk about peace. Daryl, don't even mention that word peace to me today, because the interest rate has gone up back to where it was in 2017. Daryl, three people are murdered in South Africa every single hour, Daryl. Never mind load shedding. And now we see stones that have been put into the coal for Eskom because of all the corruption. And Don't even speak to me about peace. How can I have peace at this time in South Africa? I want to tell you today about another kind of peace. A peace that the world doesn't understand. And if you're not a Christian, you will not understand this peace. Peace that surpasses all understanding. Peace that doesn't actually make sense. Living in South Africa with the crime, with the interest rates, with your overdraft, with all the circum... Yes, if you're a Christian, you've got the Holy Spirit living inside of you. And that peace comes from deep within. But you've got to keep in step with the Holy Spirit. And when you go to the office tomorrow and you've got those staff issues and you've got this issue at home with your husband and you're going back to wherever you are going back to, peace. How come? Because we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. Friends, when you read the Bible, there's story after story after story about peoples 
lives that were full of suffering. People suffered in the Bible. And, and, And we have to understand this today, friends. We give our lives to Jesus. We become Christians. We become Christ's ones. Why? Why do we give our life to Jesus, Vernon? Not to live a cozy life, but to live a holy life. I'll say that again. We give our life to Jesus, not to live a cozy life, but to live a holy life. That's the reason. I was in the, the doctor's rooms this week, and I was speaking to the doctor's receptionist. She's a gift to his medical practice. She speaks life. She's a spirit-filled woman. She's an encourager. She's a smile. There's joy. Where are you going on holiday, Auntie So-and-so in December? Now, I'm going down to my family's farm in KwaZulu-Natal where her daughter stays and her son-in-law was brutally murdered a couple months ago. Auntie Norms, how are you going to do that? I'm going to go down and I'm going to drive his car there with my grandson you got peace? you got peace to do that? I've got a little bit of peace to get in the car from Centurion. I've got a little bit of peace to drive with my grandson. Just a little bit of peace for today. I've got a little, pe- a little bit of peace knowing I'm going there because I've got peace from deep within. And for someone who's not saved, how do you get over that? How, how do you handle that grief where, where your son-in-law's brutally? Are you going back to that farm in December? Now I've got peace. I've got a little bit. So we stand together and we pray just for more peace and more peace and more of that fruit to start growing in her life as she gets to her family in December, little bit by little bit by little bit. Holy Spirit brings peace into a situation where there's a mess, where there's a storm. Peace in spite of our difficulties, friends. And I know some of you have got difficulties. And I'm not lowering that down and saying, I'll just get over it. I'm not. But peace that the Holy Spirit produces inside of you. Patience. Next one. I think I frustrate my teammates tremendously. When Janine messages me on Friday late, say, hey, where the notes? I need to do the scriptures. You know, this doesn't, he only works on a Sunday. Where's his notes? I want them. I've got to do them. And I'm, not, I'm a poor communicator at the best of times. And, and sometimes I just I'm like a bull in a china shop, and I just do things, and I don't plan. Last week, Saturday is Volunteers Day at the, at the homestead. I frustrate my teammates. You know what patience is? Patience is giving something to somebody who doesn't deserve it. Ah, oh, he's a bad plan. He doesn't. Patience is giving someone a gift that they don't deserve. And in your own strength, you're not going to be able to do that. When your boss frustrates you, and, he's, and you're probably right, patience is extended because you have this gift to extend to somebody who doesn't deserve it. What's next on the list? Kindness. So I get a call this week from a man I've never spoken to. I don't know how he got my number, but now I've found out how he did get my number because there's someone here, you scallop. You gave him my number. You know why you're a scallop? Because the same Holy Spirit living inside of you is living in me. And he phones you to say, hey, I need help here. And you say, well, he has the pastor's number. He has my pastor's number. No, 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 you can help him. Same Holy Spirit living inside of you lives in me. Anyway, he phones me. He says he, he runs a business, other side, Germiston. He, he's got a guy that works for him. He doesn't mention anything about this guy being his top guy at the office. He doesn't mention anything about the fact that he cannot afford to lose this guy. I've got a guy working with us in the business 
He's in trouble. Can you see him? He's on the brink of having an emotional break. Will you see him? I'm thinking, heck, how am I going to see this? Like, I mean, I've got so many meetings that I haven't been able to get to this week. He says, you know what? His doctor, my doctor, he says, is a GP here at the Medicross. He says, I'm bringing him to see my GP in Benoni. I thought, okay, I'll meet him before you take him to your GP. And so we sit together, this young man, weeping, emotionally going through this Tough time in his life. When he was eight, his parents got divorced. When he was 10, his dad dies. When he was 15, his mother dies. He has one friend in high school, one friend. When he's 20, this friend of his dies. He said, I've got no one. And his child is busy catching up with him. He's sitting, telling me his story. I cannot help him, but I can point him to the one who can. I can point him to Jesus, and I can tell him about the Holy Spirit who can do something in his life where fruit comes out of his life, where there's peace, where there's joy, where God will use all of that mess and turn something beautiful and make something incredible for this man's future. Kindness that this business owner extended to this man, way different to the world, because you know how the world operates. China, you're not performing at the office you're done. You're fired. And I don't even care about CCMA. I'll just sort it out with cash. That's how the world operates. But this businessman showing kindness to a man, pretty average guy, I think, at the office. Hey, my bud, I'm worried about you. Let's get you to a GP. Let's see if we can help you. Kindness, the fruit in this businessman's life. Blown away. I couldn't believe it. If you have love, if you have goodness, it'll flow from you. Kindness, will flow from you if you're keeping in step with the Holy Spirit. It's the kindness of God that draws people to repentance, isn't it? It's not the anger of God. You're done. You're irreplaceable. Cheers you out of here. The kindness. And if we have to go back to the drawing board, how patient, how kind has Jesus been to me? And how kind has Jesus been to you, sir? You phoned me the other night, eh? Because your neighbor was going through a rough time. You reached out to someone after eight, and you, you said, hey, my neighbor's in trouble. We've got to help here. No, I, I couldn't help. I could just point you into the direction. It's a kindness. I want to have a neighbor like that. I want to be a neighbor like that. Let's be neighbors like that, guys. And just yesterday, the intercom goes off. I'm riding my bicycle inside in the garage. I said, don't answer that. We're busy. Yokes challenged me yesterday, taking parcels. Because sometimes the car guards irritate me. Eh? Like, I'm busy. I'm in the zone. I'm late. I will, I will, I will look at car guards differently after yesterday. Thank you. Kindness, guys. That's the fruit. That's the fruit that we're talking about. It is hard. It's the kindness of God, not the anger of God. Three more. Faithfulness. Are you faithful in your marriage? Of course, man. I'm wearing the ring, but are you faithful in your thoughts, in your marriage? Are you faithful on your smartphone in your marriage, sir? You're faithful in the shopping queue at Woolies, ma'am. 
faithfulness in our deeds, faithful in our workplace. Big one, eh? You know, I think potentially a pastor can be the laziest oak and no one will know. Be faithful in your workplace. Stealing time. Doing it, by the way, for God. Because there's cameras all around this hall. There's one there, there's one there. Yeah, they might watch us tomorrow morning and see if we pack the chairs and we don't scrape the floor. There's a far bigger camera in heaven, guys. Let's work for that camera. Let's be faithful with that camera. Oh, I can't do my own strength. Sometimes I can't get out of bed because I'm so depressed, Daryl. No, the Holy Spirit living inside of you will give you that strength that you do not have, man. Just be faithful with a little. Just a little. Gentleness. No, no, Daryl, gentleness is weakness, bud. I've got to be strong, but I cannot cry. I've got to, fa- I, I can't, I got to, I got to make sure that people know I'm strong, that I can do this. Gentleness is not weakness. Gentleness is sincere humility. And you walked into that bicycle shop this week and you bought your son a bicycle. And the owner of the bicycle shop phoned me and said, what a humble man. 20 minutes buying your son a bicycle, the fruit of the Holy Spirit flows over your life. So gentleness, not pushovers. God didn't make Christians to be doormats. I don't believe that. Not pushovers. Humbleness inside of us, where the glory is not mine. When you're busy at Absa, Sagrin, the glory goes to Jesus. The glory is Jesus, is not mine. Self-control, last one. I think self-control would be totally the opposite to fits of rage. Fits of rage with the traffic officer. Fits of rage with, with that call center that you can't get through to. Fits of rage with the school officer that's not hearing your problem with your son. Fits of rage. Way completely opposite to self-control. Self-control is the ability, I think, catch this, to pursue the important things over the urgent. Catch that, because that's me. So I've got urgent things. Oh, WhatsApp comes through. I've got to go and see this. I've got to go and do that. What's important? Self-control. I'm not going to do that now. I'm going to pursue this thing. This thing is important. This thing I've got to look at. That's self-control. Self-control, I think, is asking the Holy Spirit to help you live a disciplined life. I can't do this. The flesh wants to be lazy. The flesh wants to do what our self-control, living a disciplined life life. I'm almost done. Let's read verse 24. It says this, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passion and desires. I looked that up. It's a continuous crucifying of the flesh. It's a continuous crucifying of the passion and the the desires of the flesh. I think there will always be a wrestle inside of me between the flesh and and the fruit that the Holy Spirit has produced and wants to produce in my life. It says, since we live by the Spirit, you're a Christian, giving your life to Jesus, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. I chose that man because he's, he's, a, he's a, a, a gearbox, four-wheel drive, double The Holy Spirit, if I'm walking in step with the Holy Spirit, I can have peace. Because my enemies need to get through that before they get to me. And my circumstances, I've got got the Holy Spirit 
There's a shadow. I can breathe. He can breathe, man. He can give you peace. He can help you with the self-control that you need over that addiction. You can't do it on your own. Holy Spirit, keep on crucifying the fruit. Keep on crucifying the flesh, sorry. Keep on crucifying the flesh, the desires, and carry on living in, in step with the Holy Spirit. It's December, 200 k's an hour. This year's flying by. Could it be that Jesus wants to, end, wants to have us end this year keeping in step with Him? Could it mean that Jesus wants us to live closer to Him in 2022? Leading into next year. Could it be that Jesus is calling us closer? To live in step closer with him through his Holy Spirit. Be a witness. Be a witness as you allow the fruit to shine out in your life. Why? So that God will get the glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.